0: Verse, we're going to read verse number 10 through 15. When you're there, say amen. I guess everybody should be saying amen. (laughs) Here's the word of the Lord. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. We, we can just, what they say, Selah on that one. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. There's a lot going on in that little bit of text. That whatever you're doing unto the Lord, however, got to be doing it in love. Amen. Whatever you're doing unto the Lord in love, God is righteous. And he will not overlook You in what you're doing. It means we better start doing something. If you're not doing anything, you better start doing something because the Bible says God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Got to be done in love. Which ye have showed toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could not or he, because he could swear by no greater, he sweared by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Very interesting today, I got one message that God wanted me to preach separately. So whatever I preach to you today, might be a little bit of it included in the next service, but it's going to be two different messages today. And in this service this morning, I want to talk to you on this topic, faithful followers. Faithful followers. Jesus, your presence is in this place. Thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives and in this church. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for including us in your great plan that you have and are executing in the earth, Lord God. I pray this morning, oh God, that you will reach every one of us in the only way you can, Lord God. Not according to how we want, Lord Jesus, but will you reach us, Lord God, however you want to reach us, Lord God, that something will happen in our soul, Lord God, that something will transform in our spirit, Lord God, and that, oh Lord, our relationship with you will draw us closer to you, and the work of faith will be done in our lives, and the will of God will be manifested in our lives, and your glory will be revealed Lord have your way allow the work of the Holy Ghost to perform in a way Lord God that will be oh God to us that will bring about change Lord we give you honor and praise this morning there is none like you oh great God let your spirit lead us this morning and guide us Lord God and nothing we do is of our flesh Lord God but everything that is done in this house this Morning will be of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, Lord. Oh, touch some hungry soul in this house this morning. Oh, bless your people this morning, Lord God. Oh, open up our eyes to see like we've never seen. Unstop our ears to hear like we've never heard. Oh, God, speak to us this morning. But let the Word take root and establish in us and grow. And produce good fruit. Uh, We ask you these things. uh, In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Can everyone say in Jesus name. Hallelujah. In Jesus name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We had a wonderful prayer meeting here yesterday. A sweet prayer meeting. Sweet. Yes. Sweet prayer meeting. If, 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 if you haven't gotten to that place where prayer meeting is sweet, you ought to try it. Just sweet. When you think you finish and God said, no, nah, I'm not done yet. That's sweet. <laughs> when you prayed and you said, all right, and you think you're just going to just simmer on out, and God said, no, no, let's keep going. That's sweet. Hallelujah. Right, Sister Mina, that's sweet. <laughs> when God just said, come on, we're we still doing this. Thank you, Lord. Faithful followers. Faithfulness is an attribute of God. Somebody say amen. We we better thank God that he's faithful. My God. And because God himself is faithful, so are all his works faithful. Mm -hmm. His works are done in faithfulness. His judgments have been appointed in faithfulness. He gives men their recompense faithfully, and his plans are faithful. God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. Do you believe that this morning? God is faithful. Because God is faithful, his people are required to respond to his commandments in obedience. If you know he's faithful, why not just do what he says? Because you know you can trust him. So if you say God is faithful, then we should obey his commandments, which in turn, when we obey his commandments, it makes us faithful. To say we're faithful is to say we obey the faithful God. Our faithfulness will bring us into the fulfillment of God's promises to us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God has made promises. That some of us are still saying, God, you have not fulfilled that promise. And we can easily say, well, it's just not the time for him to fulfill it. But I can also say, have you been faithful to God's promises? Have you been faithful to God to be sure that the promises of God will be fulfilled in your life? Faithfulness provides us a basis To appeal unto God for whatever it is you need to appeal unto God. You hear me? Listen to this. Faithfulness is a basis for going to God in prayer or just talking to him. Appealing to him for whatever it is that you need from him. Let me show it to you. Isaiah chapter 38. I remember preaching a sermon on this message. Just this text here that I'm getting ready to read to you. I preached a sermon on this years, years ago, probably 15 years ago. Remember me, O Lord. Isaiah 38 verse 2 says, Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord. Watch this. I beseech thee, I beg thee, how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. He went to God and says, God, I've been faithful. God, I've obeyed you. God, I've served you. And now my life is getting ready to be taken from me. But I've served you faithfully, Lord. Will you remember that, O God? It's important, church, that we be faithful to God because when we're faithful to God, we can sit before him, stand before him, lay before him and say, God, I have served you. God, I've given you all. reminded the lord then verse 4 says then came the word of the lord to isaiah saying go and say to hezekiah thus saith the lord Woo. the god of david thy father i have heard thy prayer i have seen thy tears behold i will add unto thy days 15 years Faithfulness gives you a basis to go to God and petition him. If you know you have been faithful, you can trust that God's plans and God's promises for your life, it will be fulfilled. But we got to be faithful. We gotta be faithful, church. We gotta be faithful. Tell your neighbor, you got to be faithful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The Lord has been faithful to us. It is only right that we are faithful to him. Mm-hmm. Faithfulness. I'll give you three words that describe faithfulness. When we say someone is faithful we're saying that they are dependable. When we say someone is faithful, we're saying they are loyal. (laughs) When we say somebody is faithful, we're saying they are stable. Dependability, loyalty, and stability describes faithfulness. So the question is, can God depend on you? You can depend on him. The question is, are you loyal to God? The question is, are you stable? Do he have to come looking for you because you're not where you're supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Anytime you call on the Lord, he is where he's supposed to be. God will always be loyal to you because he died for you. You can't get no more loyal than that. And God is dependable. You can depend on the Lord Jesus because he's proven it time and time again. The question is, can we say we're faithful? Can we say we are dependable? Can we say we're loyal? Can we say we're stable? Because if that's going on with you, you can go to God just like Hezekiah did. Remember me, O oh Lord. I've been dependable. Remember me, O oh Lord. I've been loyal. Remember me, O oh Lord. I've been stable. Where you placed me, I never moved. I didn't go about my own ways. I waited for you. Wherever I was, that's where you wanted me. And I go where you want me. You can depend on me, Lord. God is faithful. And if God is faithful, then we must be faithful to him. In Lamentations 3 and 22, the word of God says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God is great in his faithfulness. We are supposed to be consumed for how disobedient we have been and how much we have just mistreated the Lord, how good he has been to us and how we've been to him. We are supposed to be consumed, but God is faithful. He has just given us the the grace that we need so we can get it together. Church, hear me. Don't take the grace of God, as the Bible says, for an occasion to sin. What does that mean? It means because God didn't do something to you when you messed up, you keep doing the stuff that He didn't correct you on. We cannot take the grace of God for granted the grace of God means by the time God have to chastise you by the time God has to correct you it means you have been in that situation for a long time God don't chastise you when you make the first mistake God don't chastise you when you make the second mistake if God has to slip in and chastise you it means you have been doing that thing for a long time because God was showing you grace but you took his grace for granted and thought that you can just keep doing it and God is okay with it there's a lot of people in our world today many Christians that they think what you're doing God is okay with it because God hasn't done anything about it but I'm here to tell you that's just the grace of God and it's time for us to wake up and realize what is the grace of God the grace of God is God goodness toward us even when we don't deserve it That's the grace of God. He is being good to us. He is being faithful to us, even though we don't deserve it. But how long can it go on? How long can it go on? At some point in time, the grace of God will run out. How long can it go on, church? How long will we decide that, oh, this is there's nothing wrong with this? Why? Why do you think there's nothing wrong with that? Because God hasn't stepped in and done something real hard. God hasn't stepped in and disciplined you, so, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. It's the grace of God. It's the love of God. God is saying, I know that you are struggling in this area, but I've, I want you to get it together. I don't want you to think it's okay to stay this way. It's like God says, what well, we say, come as you are. But you can't stay as you are. God love you too much to leave you in the condition How crazy is that that we think that It's okay for us to come to the Lord You think the Lord is going to leave you The way you came to him so Work that out in your mind If God is real good When you came to him you wasn't doing your best So if God is good Don't he want to make you good So how will he leave you In the same state that you're in When you went to him So you come as you are But God won't leave you that way but we're so local sometimes that we come as we are and then we want to stay as we are. What is that? Why even go to him? Why even go to God if we just want to remain the same way? If we don't want no change in our life, why even go to him? Because we should only go to him because we need help. We should only go to him because we need deliverance. We should only go to him because we need our life to be different and to be changed. We can't go to him to stay the same way. It don't make any sense to me. We don't go to God to stay the same way. We go to God to be changed. We go to God for a better life. We go to God because only he can get things together for us. So why do we go and say, well, I ain't doing that. I can't do that. You might as well don't go. Because how he wants to work, he's going to work. You don't know what it takes to make your life better because if you did, you would have done it. If you know how to make your life better, then you didn't need to go to church. You didn't need to see Jesus. You didn't need anything. Just live your life the way you want, the best way you know how, because you know what to do. But if you come to God and says, God, I don't know what to do, then everything he tells you to do, you better do. Because God is faithful. (laughs) He's not like most men. God is faithful. So when you go to him, whatever he tells you to do, do and guess what and if you're hearing it from the man you better do it because you know how we try to get by well that's just him that's just him i don't know if you realize this and you understand this god set up the church and he set up the church to work the way he wants it to work so now when the man the regular man that calls himself a preacher or God say he's a preacher, the regular man begin to speak to the congregation. And because we just want to do things the way we like, the way we're comfortable with, we say, well, that's just him. What other way you want God to speak to you? How do you want God to speak to you? We don't realize. What are you? What are you looking? If, if 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 you go to God, why do you think you decide how God speaks to you? You went to God and say, "God, I need you." Now, from that point on, God decides how He will deal with you. The Bible says He knows the hairs on your head by number. Are you afraid to let him deal with you? He knows you better than the one who gave birth to you. And that one know you're pretty good. But he knows you better than that one. He knows you better than the people who have your DNA and you have their DNA in you. He knows you better than those people. So you're not going to trust him that if he's speaking through the man, that he can speak to you, he can bypass the man, that the man can't mess up his program? We like to think that the man, let me tell you how good God is. God will not let any man get in his way of what he wants to do. And when he wants to speak to his people, he's going to speak to his people. If you have read your Bible, you realize God has used a donkey to speak. If you have read your Bible, you realize God has used ungodly, unrighteous people to do right. There's been ungodly, unrighteous, demonic people that God has used to fulfill his plans. He will not let no person get in the way of what he wants to do in his church. Nobody can stop that. He says the gates of hell. So why would a regular old man that ain't in hell can stop God's will from being done in his church? Stop saying this the man. When you show up in the house of God, let the word of God hit you. Let the word of God speak to you. Let the word of God help you because that's God speaking to you. It's God speaking to you. It's not a man. Because when God speaks, even that man, if he got a little bit of sense, will realize, God, you're speaking to me too. Amen. If he got any kind of sense, he'll realize the stuff that I'm saying, I didn't come up with that. God is speaking, and it needs to hit me too. And if I miss out, guess what? I'm going to preach to a church I go to heaven, and I go to hell if I don't live it just the way I preach it. Hebrews 6 and 12, we read it earlier. It says, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So we just uncover a secret. The promises that God makes to us, in order for us to inherit them, We must follow him in faith and patience. That word patience means that we follow him in faith and we endure as we follow him. Because that's what patience is. Patience means problems, but you just keep going no matter what the problem is. That's what what patience means. A lot of times we're going to experience problems. But you have to endure those problems because those problems will help you as you endure them to build up patience. What they say, Brother Kellerman, don't pray for patience because you're going to have a lot of problems. (laughs) Did you know that? If you start praying for patience, God's going to let you get a lot of problems because problems is what, you know, help you to have patience. Did you know that? Because you can't do anything about the problems and all you have to do at some point in time is just sit there and say, all right, Lord. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, I can't do anything about it. Just, just help me. Just keep me in this situation. And your mindset is different. And, and, and that's how you obtain patience is through problems. Mm-hmm. This text is telling us to not to be lazy or idle. In other words, don't be unfaithful but we must follow, we must mimic those who inherit the promises of God through faith and endurance. Mm -hmm. We know that faith is this, when you have come to know who the Lord Jesus is, that he's almighty God manifest in flesh. We know that when we have the knowledge of who God is, we have obtained faith. Faith is not believing, believing, believing. I told you that many times. I know it's hard sometimes to get through to you because you've been programmed since you've been going to church. That faith is you just got to believe. But I'm here to tell you faith is having the knowledge of who God is. When you have the knowledge of who God is, you have obtained faith. Okay? I'm not telling you don't believe. When you have faith and you put works to it, that equals believe. So you prove you believe when you have faith and then do what faith tells you to do. I'll go over that some other time again, but I keep saying that. But having faith doesn't mean that from there on life will be smooth sailing. Oh, no. What you will realize is that because of your faith, You will encounter obstacles and challenges, but in order to receive the promises of God, you must endure all of the challenges and obstacles, and even sometimes God will send you tests that you need to pass. God, I said God will send you tests. God don't tempt you, but God sends you tests, because all of us need tests to know where we are. You do it in school, you do it in college, wherever. You you study something, and after a while, they say, we have to test to see if you have learned anything. Well, God does the same with us, just in a different way. You've been going to church, you've been reading your Bible, you've been listening to the preaching. Now, I'm going to allow some things to come your way so you can see where you are if you have grown. Uh Uh-huh, that's what God does to us. And so, in prayer last night, That sweet prayer meeting we had last night. In prayer, last night, we were praying. And in prayer, the Lord impressed upon my heart strongly. You ready for it? This is for you this morning. If you haven't heard anything that I've said all morning, hear this. He impressed upon my heart strongly that many of us have faith. But our actions are not faith-based. Holy Ghost, impressed upon my heart last night strongly. Many of us have faith, but our actions are not faith-based. I'm going there. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you hanging. You know me. I'm not going to leave you hanging. Remember, Scripture says, the just Shall live by faith. It means our actions needs to be acts of faith. When the Lord dropped that on me, of course, silly me, I'm going for some deep. All right, Lord, give me, give me, give me this thing here. You know, and I'm praying, and I'm listening, and I'm like, what are you going to show me now? It has got to be some deep revelation, and like no no you write in the text because i already knew what i was preaching i had studied put it together and i already knew what i was preaching so the lord nudged me say you already in the text that you need to understand and dig into the gift to the people something that we overlook so often and so i said what do you mean by that lord that that we have faith but our actions are not faith-based and you know our actions need to be acts of faith how do we do that lord he says, go to Hebrews chapter 11. He says, look at it now. And I wrote these things down. Check it out. By faith, Noah built an ark. Act of faith. What do you mean by that, preacher? It seemed impossible, one man, to build a boat Didn't exist back in those days that would fit all these animals and all. Remember, it was built for all the people in the world back then. So this ship was supposed to fit all the people that were living back then and all the animals that was in there. It was supposed to fit all of them. That sounds stupid. Build an ark. You're telling me I got to go cut trees down. I got to make wood and I got to build this thing that where am I going to put it anyway? How am I going to start building it? And how am I going to get these animals in it? That's crazy, Lord. But that was an act of faith because he started doing it. That's what the Lord is getting us to understand, that our actions need to be acts of faith. I'm going to help you as we go along. By faith, Abraham followed the Lord, knowing, not knowing where he was going. So God told him, Leave your family, and I want you to go to a land that I will show you. He didn't know where he was going. He really didn't know the Lord like that, but he trusted the voice of God. And he went as the voice of God was directing him. Act of faith. Going someplace you didn't know where you were going. I don't know where I'm going. I just know this voice came to me. That sounds faithful. And I started obeying that voice. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going. Act of faith. Let's keep going some more. By faith, Moses forsook the royal lifestyle of Egypt to live in bondage as a Jew, not knowing what would become of the Jews. So Moses was living in Pharaoh's house in royalty, living the good life, having everything at his disposal, eating off of gold plates, eating with gold silverware. And he decided that, you know what? I'm done with this life i come to realize those Jews are my blood and I'm not going to live this good life. I'm going to go live with my blood relatives, my people, and let Pharaoh and all them stay and do their thing here. And I'm going over here knowing that they're in slavery and knowing that there could be a possibility that they will be extinct, that they will be demolished, destroyed. But I'm going over here anyhow to live with them. Don't make sense. Act of faith. Remember what I told you, the Lord told me we have faith, but our actions are not acts of faith. They're not faith-based. By faith, the Egyptians passed through the Red Sea on dry land, trusting that the water will not come together and swallow them up and they drown. So if you don't understand what happened when God, he, he made the, the winds to blow and the sea opens up and the water started flowing back like this. So you can walk down on dry land and the waters on the right and waters on the left and it's miles to go through that Red Sea. And so you're walking through this Red Sea and you see water on the right, water on the left, and down here it's dry and you're walking on sand that's dry and you're going and you get to the middle and you look and it's still a ways to go and you look and it's still a ways to go back and you look water to the right, water to the left. What made you even think about going through that? What made you even thought about, "Oh, we can make it through. This is the Lord. We're just going to walk through and we're going to be fine." What made them do that? Act of faith. And God has sent me here this morning to tell this congregation, we have faith, but we are not living by faith. Our acts of faith, we are not doing regularly. One more, one more. By faith, the harlot Rahab hid the spies of the Lord, not fearing what the king would do to her, if he found out, she was hiding these godly men in her house. And so Rahab was hiding these godly men in her house that came to spy out the land that they were going to overtake that the Lord says theirs. She hid them in her house and says, we gonna, I'm going to hide you. The, 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 the people that were working for the king came and knocked on her door. Hey, we're those spies. They hiding in here. Nope, no, sir. Don't, no, they are not. She hid them in the house. Not understanding that they would come in or find these men. And if they found the men, they would have killed her and probably all of her family. But she hid them anyhow because she had heard of the Lord. And she had heard of the great things that he has done. And she said, I'm going to take care of his people because I want to know him. He's the great God and not these false idol gods. That's the real God. So his people I'm going to take care of. And remember God had made a promise to Abraham, I will bless them that bless thee. Curse them that cursed thee. And so Rahab must have got a hold of that. And so when the men of God came, she hid them. Act of faith. Act of faith. And so God just took me through this to have me to share with you this morning that we have faith. But we're not living by acts of faith. We are living according to our knowledge and our wisdom. It hit me hard. We live our lives and we don't do anything that is out of our control. I remember God told me a while back about this church. He said, Wayne, if that church is going to grow, you can't be in total control. I was good with that. Please, that's his church. I was glad he told me that because I've always felt that way because I don't want to be anywhere in control of anything that belongs to God. I am only a steward of what God has put in my care. And that's all I want to be. <laughs> it's all his. And he's given me the wisdom and the knowledge just like he does you in your life. He's given you the wisdom and the knowledge to have stewardship over what he has entrusted you with. It's not yours. It's not mine. We don't take possession of his things. They're his. We're just stewards over his stuff. But when we start having ownership and act like it's ours, I, it's even. this is even... With churches, pastors, act like the people that are in the church is theirs. Listen to me. I know when God sends people to the church and the pastor ministers and loves them and go to their homes and go and do their funerals and baby daddy. I know all of that is wonderful and you feel, you know, connected and drawn to these people. But if they wake up one day and says, I don't want to go to your church no more that you pastor, what can you do? All you do is tell them I love you and I want you to keep going to a church that preach and teach truth. That's all you can do. I love you. Go someplace. I know Pastor so-and-so, he's a really wonderful man. Why don't you go and be with him? He's a great preacher. He loves people. But go and be with him. It's, it's Just go and be with a preacher that preaches truth and that will love you. That's right. That's right. Most pastors don't do that. They don't do that. Because what we sometimes get caught up in and we don't realize is we're thinking this is ours. We're treating this like we control this. It's not ours. It's all about the Lord's. And I'm telling you, we've got to get to a place where our life is mimicking that that concept. Where if we say we have faith, we will begin to do actions that are act of faith and not actions that we can control. We're controlling the actions in our life. We're using our own wisdom. We're using our own resources to get things done. And God sent me by here to tell me and to tell you. We have to start living according to faith and not according to how we can control and what we think we can do. It's about acts of faith. Look into your life and tell me how many things in your life That you can say, that's an act of faith. You'll be shocked and realize it's probably nothing. How can you say that, preacher? I'm going to give you. All prayers are not acts of faith. Because you're telling God what you want. Well, how's that faith? So I can't even put prayer in it because that can get distorted. I might say prayer is an act of faith, but that's not true all the time. Sometimes we do pray in acts of faith, but other times we pray trying try to get our gender across to God. So thinking that you pray is act of faith. Thinking because you read the Bible is acts of faith, that don't mean it's acts of faith. Coming to church is not an act of faith always. Because how many of you walked in this morning and says, God, I know there's going to be a miracle I'm coming in that house, and I know you're getting ready to do something special. As a matter of fact, God, here I am. Use me because we're going to do something great in your house this morning. How many came in like that? If you didn't come in like that, then you didn't come in on act of faith. I'm just trying to show you what God showed me, and I said, oh, this is cutting. Let me tell you some acts of faith. Soul winning is an act of faith. Reaching the lost is an act of faith because people cannot get saved unless God gets involved. Come on. Sister Yvonne, so what it comes down to is acts of faith. The things of faith is it only works if God gets involved. Yeah. That's what an act of faith is. However you do, whatever you do, you know it's an act of faith when you say I feel like I should do this, and I feel like this is something God has put on my heart. But what you think you should do, it has to be first, godly. And secondly, it must be that if God don't step in, this won't work. Those are acts of faith. Everything else you do that predicate on how you get it done, not an act of faith. That's just you doing something. And we back it up and say acts of faith. No, acts of faith are things that you do. Remember I told you. And I didn't know what people call it. I found out later, you know, people that grew up in church knew about this. Remember I told you when we were getting ready to start our REACH campaign, I said, do not make a commitment according to what was in your bank account. I told you that. I am just telling you what I understood in the spirit. I don't I don't I, I, I wasn't raised in church. I, I didn't go to all these Bible college when I was a teenager. I went to Bible school when I got older. But but I, I don't know all of the, 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 the wording to everything, but I know I've got the Holy Ghost. And what I do know is this, I said to you at that time, do not make a commitment because of what you think you have. Make a commitment on what you want to give to the Lord. Pray and say, God, what should I give? And then when he tells you, then you hold on to that. Don't worry about what's in the bank account. That was straight up acts of faith because you are making a commitment to God that you can keep on your own. That's what the faith deal is, is you are making a commitment. You are saying, I'm going to be faithful to something. You're saying, I'm going to be doing something that if God don't step in, I cannot do it. How many of us are living our life like that to say, if God don't step in, I can't do it. Reaching the loss is an act of faith. We've been saying it, Brother Scarlett, just, 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 just because we've been saying, oh, get in our REACH campaign and be a part of something special. Well, let's just get straight to it. If you get involved with our REACH campaign, you are now involved in an act of faith. You want me to explain it to you? Building costs $1.7 We went into building campaign, REACH campaign. Uh, what they told us is we can raise one, what is it, $176,000. They said, with all of your commitment and all the people in your church, you know, over two-year period, you will raise up about $176,000. That's what the natural man says. That's what statistics say. Then we say, we need to raise this money in, you know, less than that time because we know we're in a two-year campaign, but we need to purchase the building right now. And so we said, okay, that, we were supposed to stop right there. Because how is $176,000 going to buy a $1.7 million property? Tell me that. Tell me that. You You got the answer? Who got the answer? Because that's the only answer. The, it's an act of faith. And so we started this. And yes, I told you we raised up $196,000 in, in one year, $196,000. But we still need an act of faith to get it done. Because bank got to give us this, our little bit of money that we raised up. But only way it gets done is if God is involved. That's what I'm trying to show you, what God showed me last night in prayer, that we must begin to live our life with acts of faith and stop living our life just according to how the world lived their life. The world can, the world look at things and they, 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 they figure it out, they figure what they can do, what they can do, and they go ahead and plan it out according to what they can do. That's what the world does. But the children of God is supposed to figure out what they can do And when they realize what I can do, it comes up short. That's fine. You don't stop there. You just say, God, if this is your will, let me know and I will keep going. If this is not your will, then I will stop. And if God directs you to keep going, then you keep going because now you're walking by faith. Now you see what the the scriptures say, we walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. It means we're living a life that is an act of faith. Because even living for God, for some of us sometimes, is not an act of faith. You just think if you do good and be nice, you're godly. You do it. If what you do is predicated on how you get to heaven, then you're not getting to heaven. Because you can't get you to heaven. It takes God to get us to heaven. And if we're living for God, we can do but so much and the rest of it has to be done Is God that works in it that we are able to say we lived according to the will of God and our actions were acts of faith. That's what the Lord wants us to know today. We got to go revisit our life and see how much of it is an act of faith. Because we cannot continue this way when God says to please him we must live by faith. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Yeah. Too many Christians are living like folks who are not Christians. Most of their actions are predicated on their abilities and knowledge. What are we doing deliberately that depends on an act of God? What are you doing this morning that is predicated on an act of God? Or you're just going to continue living your life, be it in full control? Stand with me. If you live your life being in full control, I know you feel like you're a Christian. I know you repented of your sins and you were baptized in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, baptism in Jesus' name, when you obey God to do that, that's an act of faith. Because going in some water and getting dunked don't make sense. I'm just saying. Trying to get you to understand that let's reevaluate our life. And look at our life and say, how much of my life is an act of faith? Or all of my life, I'm in total control. I'm doing what I like to do. Here is the big one. We have developed uh, what we like to say systematic ways of how we conduct our life every day. There is there is a routine that we've cultivated in our life, how we live every day. And when we hear this kind of preaching, we say to ourselves, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. But we go back to our routine, not living by acts of faith. So for the next five minutes, you can take that five minutes to talk to God really sincerely about that? How do I break out of my routine, Lord? How do I break out of my just controlling my life in every way? And how do I get my life to step into a place where we are living according to an act of faith? How do I get my life to that point where I can live according to an act of faith and not just living my life, just being in control and following my routine? We need to go to God just for the next three or four minutes and pray and ask him to help us so the next time we come back to Together, we will come in this place with faith. We will come in this place in an act of faith, knowing that God is getting ready to do something. You will be a a vessel that will operate in acts of faith. Somebody talk to the God about this this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word has gone forth. You have spoken to us, Lord God. Now, Lord Jesus, we, oh God, humble ourselves before you and we surrender ourselves unto you. For God what you have just challenged us with Lord God we cannot do by ourselves we need an act of God we need a move of your spirit in our soul and in our mind that Lord we begin to live our life according to acts of faith and not according to our routine and not according to what we know and not according to our skills and our abilities Lord God but Lord help us to live this life God that you have entrusted us with Lord by faith Almighty God that the things that we do we will be dependent upon you the things that we say Lord God will be according to your word help us almighty God that we will not just cling oh God to this life and to this world but help us almighty God to live by faith to live by faith to live by faith and that everything that we do Lord God we will do it in faith you said without faith it's impossible to please God For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him oh God I pray this morning as we seek you Lord God diligently that you will do a work in our soul that you will do a work in our spirit Lord that oh my God we will begin to live by faith and do acts of faith, Almighty God, that the things that we do will not just be, Lord God, what we know how to do, but they will be acts of faith, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, what we do will be dependent upon you, that we will do things that we are deliberately on you, oh great God. Help us this morning uh, that we will not walk out of these doors uh, the same way, but help us this morning, Lord, uh, to leave this place uh, with a mind that is transformed, uh, with a heart that's been touched supernaturally, and not being the same ever again. Have your way, sweet Jesus. Uh, oh God, have your way. Uh, have your way in our thoughts. Uh, consume us with your thoughts, uh, consume us by your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, today, Lord God, let your people experience, Lord God, the transformation that you always wanted to give. Let your people experience, Lord God, oh, Father, what it is to live by faith. Oh, yes, Lord, have your way. Somebody open up your mouth and speak. God wants to use you to speak words of faith. God wants to use you to speak words of faith. Open your mouth and speak the words of faith hallelujah thank you jesus Jesus, jesus have your way 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 somebody cry out to him one more time somebody call on his name one more time somebody ask him to have his way in your heart somebody Somebody, don't leave here this morning until you grab a hold of Jesus, until the Lord touch you in a special way, until the Lord help you to be able to do His will. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, bless your people this morning. Lord, give them strength, oh God. Direct them, oh God. Oh, Father, take them to a new dimension in you, Lord God. Let faith receive them, Lord God. Oh, Father, we thank you today. We bless your name. The Lord is good, His mercy everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord before we leave. Let's thank Him and praise Him. The Lord is good. He's worthy to be praised. There is none like Jesus. And we thank Him this morning. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. I love you. Have a wonderful rest of your day in Jesus' name.